Hey, hey, namaste, my fellow Marvelous Nerds. We are the Marvel Mythos Podcast. This is our limited series episode. We're going to be talking about Gambit 1 through 4 from 1993 to 1994. I am your host, Brian Byerly. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Marvel underscore Mythos. I am joined by my good friends, the wonderful Liz Sparks. What's up? Where can they find you on social media? Uh, Sparky Boy Fan on Twitter and Instagram. And the wonderfully lame Adam Hoskins. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah, he doesn't have social media, so he or will life. not plug. One of the, plug neither one. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Issue one, we learned that in New Orleans, parents tell their kids scary stories about the tithe collector. He comes every seven years and is connected to the Thieves Guild and Assassin's Guild. As we see the tithe collector going through the streets, we see another mystery figure kill two thieves. The mysterious murderer says it's time to kill the thieves' family and receive the gift of the tithe collector for the assassins. Meanwhile, Rogue and Gambit are training in the danger room while Storm and Wolverine oversee them. As they're doing so, another mystery man sneaks into the mansion, slipping past the security. Gambit senses this and gets distracted. Rogue saves him from a danger room missile. Leaving the danger room, Gambit then catches the mystery man. It's revealed to be his brother, Henry. He explains the assassins broke the peace and Julian and Belladonna are alive. Then he gets shot by the assassins and dies in Gambit's arms. Gambit then pursues them and finds Julian alive. Julian explains he is keeping Belladonna alive and that he will get the thieves' reward to save her life. They then flee, and Gambit returns to the mansion, telling them he is going to New Orleans, and Rogue says she's coming with him. All right. So I want to I wanna at least get a little bit of clarity here. So, Adam, you have a brief history with Gambit. Is that right? I mean, just from when we were growing up together, that's the only time I really paid much attention to him at all. Which, I mean, he came off as a cool guy in the TV shows that we used to watch and everything, but yeah. this is this is so awful. <laughs> and Liz, is this your first real experience with Gambit? Yeah, pretty much. I honestly couldn't even remember if he was in the cartoon or not, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, for me, the Gambit used to be my favorite, and most of the time in the 90s, I would say that he is, I think, uh, based on writers and eras, some of my opinions change. But uh, Gambit, growing up, was my favorite. I have Uncanny X-Men 266 framed, which is his first appearance. And as I think we've joked before, I have a trench coat, or I had one <laughs> growing up. So I, I have a lot of love for Gambit. So I had a, a, an understanding of what was going on or what this was going to be about. So as an introductory to this world of assassins and thieves, do you think the writer did a good job setting it up? Because I, I think this is the first time it's ever mentioned. I'm still so confused. I've read this twice and I still don't know what happened. You, I'm sorry I'm, that you read it I'm, twice. I am so surprised you're able to read this twice because there's no way. I barely read it once. It was a slog. Okay, so so you do Props not you, feel sure. as if there was enough explanation about the thieves and assassins. No, I was hoping this was something that you all knew from like reading Gambit stuff before. but So Gambit was pretty mysterious. Uh, for a while mm. so uncanny 266 i think was what 1991 1990 somewhere in there and this is the end of 93 so he hasn't been around very long and he hasn't been in a ton he was in like i said 266 and around this time is like uncanny 307 so you're talking about 40 issues so three and a half years of of him and a lot of times it takes a lot longer to get into their origins and i think this is the first real dive into his origins where we're kind of learning it because up until recently they didn't even know his name. You mean it's not like Spider-Man where we get his origin story every five issues? No, no, it is not. No, it Uncle is not. <laughs> but I will say, I think uh, being a fan of the cartoon from the 90s, I had an idea of what, what was going on here from that because they actually do an episode. It's called Externally Yours 
I think it's in season two, right around episode five or so. And it deals with the Assassin's Guild and the Thieves Guild. It even has an external. It's Kandra, but it's not Kandra. It's someone who looks like somebody completely different, but it's supposed to be her. And they do the whole offering a tithe, but the tithe collector is not in it. So I find that to be kind of a strange choice because he was kind of an important part for the first couple of issues. Important, because I still, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really understand his role. He's so scary, but then he does absolutely nothing. Okay, that was that was one of my gripes about the whole thing. So this one, it starts with the description of him, like the scary storytelling that, they, that parents tell their kids. And then it ends with it. God, that was so <laughs> Tell me, tell me more. Because it, it, it sounds like it was written by a middle schooler. <laughs> Disagree. Every, everything sounds like it was written by a middle schooler. I mean, it's the whole thing. The whole thing from episodes. Liz, 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 is, Liz has this face like, yeah, yeah, I was. I'm trying to think of something to add. Yeah, but there's that, nothing that's good. How I felt. Yeah. It's yeah. Can I can I ask this one though? Do you think the relationship between Rogue and Gambit was believable? As you say, it's straight oh, face. Oh God. Okay. What's their history before this? Yeah, uh, he hits on her a lot. Okay, but they've never actually been together. They went on one date. How old is Rogue? Uh, it's comic books. Who knows? Like early twenties, mid twenties. Okay, she's not like a teenager. Mm, she shouldn't be, but okay. she's never really been with anybody. Okay. Because of her ability. That makes a little more sense, but okay. Why? Yeah, no, it's well. I mean, just just kind of all over the place. It sounds like a middle schooler writing about a female middle schooler. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you. <laughs> So, all right, so I want to know more about your take on Rogue, Liz, like throughout this whole thing. So we'll, we'll get through more of the story here in a minute, but yeah. your, your overall opinions of Rogue throughout this, what were they? Um, just, I feel for a girl when you got to, you know, carry your boyfriend's naked, unconscious wife through the city <laughs> and <laughs> you get all of her memories. And I, it, yeah, that one, that one's rough. Yeah. Okay. Well. Before we before we abruptly or quickly move <laughs> on to the next issue, what were there other comments or thoughts that you guys had on issue one? They screwed up his eyes. Yeah, and they were what color? Blue. Yeah. That's the first thing I noticed. I was like, what the hell? And this one, that's the same colorist throughout the whole series, so I have no idea why they have him blue-eyed in issue one, and then back to his normal red eyes the remaining three issues. So they're always supposed to be red, not always. just when he's yeah. powered always. up? Always. Always. Oh, okay. That's why the rat eyes. Exactly. Never, that's why we have the the rat eye conversations because they're always like black with red dots right in the middle. Also, he's supposed to be hot, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not so much in this one, apparently. But God, that yeah. hair! I couldn't take him seriously during the whole thing. As in nineties. <laughs> I mean, the nineties were rough with hair. I, I think Lee Week Lee Weeks over dramatizes it too. Because I don't think it's that bad in some of the other stuff, like Joe Mad and um, Bachelor and some of the other ones that draw him at different points. But this one, this one is pretty rough. Yeah, I never even noticed the hair. Now I'm looking because you said that. It's, yeah, you didn't notice it. The <laughs> panel is <laughs> half of his head. It's just his hair and his blue eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we also we had a little bit of Wolverine and Storm in this because you can't sell a book without Wolverine back in the 90s or 2000s ever really ever since Wolverine came around he's got to be in everything but they didn't really serve any purpose did you did you at least enjoy the conversation that he and Storm had about testing them I did I really like the Wolverine Storm dynamic okay uh, yeah we got a little bit of that in Infinity Crusade as well oh yeah. yeah so 
That's right. We did. It felt consistent, at least from that. Yeah, it's like the only good thing. Issue two, Gambit sneaks into the mansion of the Assassin's Guild in New Orleans. He finds Belladonna lying in a bed alive. He intends to take her when her father and several other assassins confront him. He battles them, primarily the father. And we learn that the father thinks Julian is not his son anymore. And whatever he is, it's a disgrace. He also reveals that it's known that the thieves have an elixir of life. And he wants Gambit to bring it back and use it on Belladonna. Rogue bursts in and helps Gambit battle off the assassins. And they flee with Rogue carrying a passed out Belladonna. Then Julian shows up and attacks his father, Marius, blaming him for letting Gambit take Belladonna again. Later, Gambit interrupts the tithe ceremony of the thieves, and the tithe collector leaves telling the thieves' guild to get their house in order or they won't receive the elixir. Gambit confronts his father, Jean-Luc, and demands the elixir to save Belladonna's life. His father refuses to give it to him, so Gambit leaves, saying he will get, on, get it on his own. He visits Marius, uh, Belladonna's father, and proposes that they work together for her life. Elsewhere, the Tithe Collector is attacked by a group of both assassins and thieves. They are working together because they believe they can be unstoppable with the power of the assassins and the elixir of life of the thieves. The Tithe Collector is able to teleport away. Julian acknowledges he knows he's gone to Kandra, the benefactress, and that he has one elixir. Uh, Pierre is going to steal one elixir from the thieves' guild, and they will take the third from the benefactress. Action, action, action. That's exactly. You kind of you kind of mentioned that when we uh, were off air. The thieves and the assassins. This goes back centuries. Liz, I don't know. I don't know if you could tell that in this. Yeah, it's got a weird. I felt like this whole thing was just a forced like Romeo and Juliet metaphor going on mm. with the like they fight with swords and crossbows <laughs> <Yeah>. and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. The room that Belladonna's sleeping in looks like something out of Fam of the Opera. It's, <laughs> it's a, so it's a very good comparison with the whole uh, Romeo and Juliet thing because they are two warring factions, thieves and assassins. And what what happens is there's the group, uh, there are mutants known as externals, mm-hmm. which is what Kandra is. There's only like seven of them or so total ever. And they're, I guess like, almost a higher evolved version of mutants where they they're not immortal but they almost are and i think the way that you have to kill them is you have to rip out their heart and it has to be another external that does it it's something ridiculous in order to kill them kendra's one of them and she has this i don't know this ability to imbue power strength and also the elixir of life that she gives to the thieves so for fun because she's been around forever she's like hey I'm going to pit these two groups against each other and I'm going to give one power and one extra long life and they have to, you know, make sacrifices or tithes to me just for fun. And that's what, that's what's going on. So the tithe collector works for her. Does that help clarify what was going on? I mean, yeah, I pick up that much. It's just sort of like motivation and (laughs) power struggle and yeah. Yeah. Also, why is, why is Belladonna naked in this bed? She's being cared for by her father. There's a bunch of random dudes around. She's just naked under a sheet this whole time. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a valid question. One that I have no answer for because I would never do that. That's uh, that's exceedingly creepy. Yes. Also super creepy. Uh, I'm pretty sure Julian has like not brother-sister feelings for his sister. Well, I think depends. so too. He has like Game of Thrones kind of feelings yeah. for it. Yeah. It's very Lannister-esque. Uh, I will say... It had never occurred to me before until reading it this time that you, Liz, probably don't know this movie. Adam, I would assume you know it, but I do think Jodie Foster from Maverick would make a fantastic Belladonna. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. 
Like it had never even occurred to me. Do you know? I have no clue what you're talking about. Exactly. See, I called it. I don't know. Liz doesn't. Yeah. It's the sign of There's the There's like times. a decade difference there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's over a decade difference here. So. <laughs> Thanks. Man. Thanks. Man. Yeah. Let's what? talk about family and honor. Okay. So this this whole story seems to focus on family and honor well okay it doesn't really focus on it it's there you're reaching there yeah. well <laughs> see look that's the job of the host to reach into the story and pull out things the things that, that don't suck <laughs> in this case i think it's things that don't exist yeah you, you didn't pick up on that i all. mean they said those words but like no one's actually motivated by that it feels like no. like mm. I don't uh, know. Julian's motivated by wanting to get down with his family. It's not really honorable. That's yeah. still that's the thing. His dad's honorable. He's like, no, I don't want you hooking up with your your sister. Yeah, so like, you're an abomination. Right. How like, honorable. Not, not in these days and times. <laughs> I thought the concepts were there, while albeit not uh, particularly well written out. Yeah, you see these assassins talk about like honor all the time, but like can you really be an honorable assassin? Like, or an honorable thief? You're sniping people. Yeah, exactly. Well, I waited till he turned around. <laughs> Not in the I very got him in the first face. issue. Got him in the face. Oh, nope. Yeah, I see. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. then I wasn't honorable. And also, if I was in Gamma's position, like, I'm going to fight dirty if it means I'm not going to die. <laughs> Does he fight dirty at well, all? He no, first but started they talk with this, like it. Yeah, he does. And then he will, and then, like she was saying, with the sword fight, it's like, why are you fighting with the sword? He should just, just charge something up, blow it up in his face, and call it a day. So there were some cool moments with the charge, like when he charges up Marius's um, necklace. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. I think I like seeing when people get creative with Gambit's powers, like we saw in Uncanny. I think it was two ninety eight when he charges up a swing. As he's running uh, underneath, they were in a playground, he runs underneath a swing and he charges it up and it flings around the top and hits the guy from the back. So I like creativity when it comes to his powers because I feel like he would use it. And at least we got a little bit of that in this, between this and later on with the Tithe Collector when he charges this coat. But I don't understand why he was fighting with a sword other than they wanted to draw a sword fight. It was explained really, really badly too. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So I, I'm I'm getting the vibe that you guys didn't particularly care for this miniseries. I hated this. Um, I really thought it would be good, but man, it was it was yeah, it was rough. I'm a little sad that Travis wasn't on it uh, because I wanted I would love to see what somebody who's currently infatuated with Gambit would feel about. He this. would no longer be infatuated, that's yeah. for sure. And we decided to go a different route because uh, he would be too biased to to give him honest opinion of the of the reading so you brought someone in who has zero knowledge of the character <laughs> yep exactly cool. because i mean it's what you read about this sexist guy who <laughs> thinks he's cool and sexy but he's not drawn that way at all or speaks that way he literally but. used the smile cliche where he's fighting with rogue and he's like smile for me yeah and that's what gets you punched in the face oh good lord it keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> More comments about issue two before we move forward. You sent questions in before saying, should Gambit keep Rogue at a distance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogue should keep Gambit at a distance? She <laughs> goes to help this dude, meets his family, and then he tries to kill someone. And when he, she tries to stop him, he's like, oh, you don't really know anything about me. Girl, you get away from him. He's trying to kill people and telling you like, oh yeah, this is totally part of my personality. You just don't know it. 
at least he was sort of honest there. I mean, like, he doesn't okay, know cool. who he is. You know, when Dexter's about to kill you, at least he's being honest. <laughs> he's being honest. <laughs> you don't really know me, so it makes it okay that I'm about to kill you. Okay. Yes, yes, Rogue should not have uh, partook in this adventure. But as we kind of mentioned earlier, she's a little on the younger side and also never really been in a relationship. And Nitsietza and Labdell do a much better job of depicting the romance between the two of them than this so please do not judge their romance by this Liz. yeah because i hear you talk about this all the time i see stuff on twitter where people are like this is the most beautiful romance in all of marvel <laughs> and then you read this and then it's like freaking <laughs> twilight or something <laughs> um how did he think belladonna died did oh, they not have a burial there was a uncanny or not uncanny x-men eight and nine and then ghost rider 26 and 27 something along those lines we we actually covered that one and Belladonna comes back into the, his life and she's like, yo, uh, husband, you got problems. And Gambit's like, oh, F, you just showed up while I was macking on my new girl while we were trying to have a picnic. And then... Wait, is this the pie episode? It is the pie episode. <sighs> yeah. So they go to New Orleans to help solve the problem that uh, she's you know, brought to his attention. And uh, in the in the process, she ends up dying during the fight with the brood and and all that. Mm. But she dies in his arms, literally in his arms. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I think Julian says he took her back and gave her some of the elixir. Isn't that what? Sure. Guys, sure. drawn some blanks. I thought there was a comment inside of this that made that statement that uh, they had actually Julian had taken her back and given her some of the elixir because he was still alive and. He was probably stalking her because clearly he's got a thing for her. Yeah. Speaking of elixir, so how does this work? I could. So the assassins get the power and the mm-hmm. thieves get the elixir, which yep. is long life. So what's the power? I thought it was just strength. So they have a separate elixir? Um, I don't know exactly because they didn't really mention anything about an elixir. I know in the show, the way it's depicted is she just kind of um, put some type of energy beam through her hand into them and they get stronger. Gotcha. That would have been helpful to see. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been extreme. There's a lot of things in this that really would have been helpful to see. And now that I'm thinking about it uh, in um, in the the X-Men one that we were talking about before, a lot of the thieves and assassins weren't alive anymore because of the brood. I wonder how they all came back. Bunch of elixirs, I guess. Yeah, I still, I mean, where did she get this elixir from to begin with? Dude, is it her spit? You're you're posing. It could be. I mean, she's she's immortal for the. Let me it's give her spit you green because it's green. There you go. It could be. Maybe she's, maybe she's reptile. Uh. So, <laughs> any, any other thoughts on issue two before we move on? None. Wow, a lot of blanks this time. Yeah. <laughs> issue three. In the process of tracking down Kendra, Gambit fights bodyguards at a high-end establishment. That's what we're going to call it. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. the, <laughs> okay. and then the tithe collector, uh, and he even fights, uh, fights the tithe collector himself. Afterwards, Kendra shows up. It's revealed the two of them had a fling together. Gambit tells her he wants the elixir. She confesses she's grown bored with the thieves and assassins. She tells Gambit he can have the elixir if he kills his father. Before he can make a choice, Julian and his group arrive. He begins to battle Gambit, and John Luke jumps in front of Gambit to save him. Kendra blasts Julian out of the building before Gambit is able to fight him. Gambit kisses her for helping, then grabs his father, telling her he is going back to New Orleans. Once he leaves, Kendra realizes he stole the elixir from her, and she orders the tithe collector to tell the thieves and assassins that Gambit has betrayed them. 
Meanwhile, Rogue meets a friend of Gambit's named Taunt Maddie. She's a healer and trying to help save Belladonna. After she leaves, Rogue is tempted to touch Belladonna to absorb her memories of Gambit. She stops herself, but before she can put on her glove, Belladonna grabs her arm. Rogue is overwhelmed by the memories she now is living and experiences regret and shame. What have I done? Okay, so the most interesting part in this to me is the Rogue stuff. So if you were in Rogue's situation, would you have felt the temptation? Yeah, but I'm super nosy when it comes to people I'm attracted to. Well, exactly. That too. and then, Especially if I was like Rogue, who has never been with anyone before. Yeah, you can't even touch anybody. Of course you're going to want to know, especially with the man that you <laughs> that you love for some reason. Because, dear God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you'd get all the memories of all the things you want to experience, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like uh, if you're confronted with the situation of reading someone's diary or journal that, that you're interested in. I can definitely understand her temptation there. Uh, how how do you think you'd react if you were flooded with that type of memory? I mean, it really would depend. I mean, how intense is the memory? Is like because she was talking about how she could feel the touch of everything, and it's like, okay, so which parts was she experiencing, and which parts were touching, and what's going on? Because <laughs> that could make a whole different type of situation. I feel like it's the ones you're alluding to. Yeah, so that would have been a lot more <laughs> interesting to see how she reacted to all that which they don't really show no, no. except for randomly telling him that she loves him yeah 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 <laughs> he's like be quiet i'm trying to make some elixir it was such a uh, peter and mj moment oh uh, man yeah it's yeah. that's another see that's what kills me it's like you have these one things like with storm and everybody it's like woman empowering and then you have these other things it's just it, it's so bad so bad. I mean, okay, we understand this guy is supposed to be sexy and cool and everything, but two women is not enough. Well, a wife and a girlfriend's not enough. We're going to throw in this extra person that he used to screw around with and everything. And Not just that. He tried to pick up a girl on the way. Yeah, you exactly. were on a mission to heal your dying wife, and you pick up a random girl at a poker table. Exactly. While, you're, while your girlfriend's watching your ex, your, yes. while your wife. Exactly. Not even your ex-wife. It's your wife. Ugh. So he's got a problem. Rogue needs to get this boy tested because yeah. he has got yeah. something. <laughs> he has literally I, slept with th- every woman in the comic except for maybe the healer. And I feel like there's probably some storyline there, too. It yeah, probably is. I would imagine there's something there. At least she's probably into him. Maybe that could explain what's wrong with his eyes. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, some weird kind of mutant STD that he's got. Oh, it could be something. It could be something. That's a that's a red flag. Yeah. They're not, they're red. not seeing it. Or blue flag. Depending blue flag. On who, that was, yeah, that was before it. you got all off. But yeah, oh it's my just, gosh. It's just like the point that they're just shoving this down your throat that he's, he's sexy. Trust us. Look, more women want him. So, I, all right. So what I'm hearing from the two of you is that Cyclops is sexier. That's what I said before. I don't know anything about him either. <laughs> uh, based on what I've heard, he's not much better. <laughs> hey, just because he like hooked up with his girlfriend or whatever over his wife's grave, I mean, just because oh that happened. <laughs> I mean, if you're hot enough that a woman would lick oil off your face, <laughs> well, that's pretty sexy. But the, I mean, the sexiness is forced in a lot of this. Like, he wakes up on a bed fully clothed, and he's like, oh, I love how Condra treats her captives. Like, you woke up in a dorm room. What are you talking about? Uh, was there a tie on the door? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably. No. 
clearly one of the questions I had sent you guys was after after three issues, do you think the plot of the story has made sense and is easy to follow? <laughs> I think you've already answered that I question. Like, I, I told you about that too. It's like like with the whole middle school thing. It's like boom, boom. Look, I'm cool. I'm sexy. Like like me because I'm sexy. Boom, boom, boom. Flash, flash, fight. And it's that's it. That's the whole freaking thing. Oh man, yes. Who's more middle schooler, Gambit or Thanos? See. I almost wow. feel like Gambit is more of a sex addict than necessarily a middle schooler, whereas Thanos is straight up like whiny middle schooler. Okay, how about this? So Thanos is pre-puberty, and Gambit <laughs> is right in the middle of it. I mean, I mean, Thanos was feeling something for that mistress. Death, <laughs> oh, that's true. So. That's true. That's true. I don't. Uh, what do you think, Liz? Oh, God, it's hard. It's hard to. Uh, yeah, they're just two very different types of middle school boys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm of gonna course, both to. still evolving around a woman, as well, most middle school boys. I mean, Gambit <laughs> revolves around multiple, though. I mean, you've got, like yeah. you said, the the girl at the casino. Yeah, the That's the difference. Thanos <laughs> is the middle schooler who doesn't get anything in middle school, and Gambit's the one who is the introduction for everyone. I like that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on issue three <laughs> before we move on to the final issue? Yeah, why, why did the tithe collector... Put Gambit to bed just to fight him when he woke up. It makes perfect sense. He wanted him to get his beauty rest. Yeah, that he had some kinks that he had. You know, it's like, oh, look how pretty he is. On this, so this, he's following this, the orders. This, uh, dorm room bed. <laughs> so cute with his big fluffy hair. Maybe Kendra thinks she's going to be able to sway Gambit back to her side. So she's like, hey, Tithe Collector, don't mess with him. And then. <laughs> And then when he wakes up, she's like, you know what? He's awake. He's not coming back to me. So I go ahead and fight him. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, It's the best I could come up with there. Speaking of sexiness. Okay, this whole confrontation between Gambit and Kondra, she, she sticks the elixir down the front of her shirt. That's where she's hiding it. Yeah. That's where I guess, okay, and I was also very confused by who got this elixir because they imply it's Gambit, but then in the beginning of the next issue, Julian's the one who had it in his hands, but it was a different That's... elixir. So Gambit so, is the one who got the boob elixir, right? <laughs> yes. So, okay. So then this makes it even more annoying. So the tithe collector gets like what I thought was murdered in issue two. <laughs> And then at the end of it, you even see him on Kendra's couch and he looks straight up dead. And then in issue three, he's fine. So I started to think, okay, Julian makes the point that the tithe collector has an elixir. So maybe he used it and that's why he's fine. But he didn't use it because that's the one that Gambit takes. But also in issue four, doesn't Gambit say he took the elixir from the thieves that they had? So it sounds like you have to have three vials. He stole... One from Condra, right? Am I saying that name? Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he stole right. one there from were her. Three. He stole one from Pierre, who is just a random character from issue one that I forgot about <laughs> until you like asked a question about him. That's why. And then the I asked third the is from Julian. <laughs> the Pierre stuff was as infuriating as some of the other stuff. So we have this setup where Julian goes to. Pierre, or at least we see that they've developed a relationship. So Pierre is on the Thieves Guild. Julian is on the Assassin's Guild. And Julian has this idea that they're going to work together and they're going to basically dethrone the leaders of the guilds and form their own because with the power and uh, that the Assassins have and the life that the Thieves have, they would be unstoppable. And he goes to Pierre and he's like, hey, yo, you got to steal the elixir that the Thieves have and bring it to me so we can get this going. 
so it set up this what could have been an interesting dynamic and in seeing how Pierre actually betrays the thieves and seeing what takes place. But instead, we learn about it in issue four when Gambit confronts Julian and he's like, oh, yeah, I stopped Pierre. The thieves weren't too happy that he was trying to steal the elixir from him. What? Yeah. When did that that's, happen? that's all we got. So speaking of issue four, Julian. Nope. Is- Wait, one more thing. Because <laughs> <Okay. Nope. laughs> this bothered me the whole freaking time. Why are why is everyone wearing billiard gloves in this series? <laughs> Gambit has them on. Condra has them on. It's just those weird things where like two of your fingers are covered by the glove. What is happening? Well, Gambit, his is a little different than a billiards one. Well, in most comics, I didn't pay attention in this one because um, it's not the index and middle finger for Gambit. It's the pinky and the the index finger. Yeah, I know. See, his That's a sense. lot of detail. His makes thumb. sense because he has to use it because, I mean, it's... Well, it sort of makes sense because... Yes. Why wear gloves? Because <laughs> in middle school, that is cool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so everybody's cool, so everybody's wearing the gloves. <laughs> it's the, I mean, you really have to come into it with that kind of mentality. Oh. All right, look, wow. we have talked about the costumes of various different heroes and villains throughout this this podcast mm-hmm. do most of the costumes make any sense no but this bothered me most of all <laughs> well yeah it's not even it wasn't like she just said it was, like there's most of the people that have them like that and i didn't even notice until she said that i didn't either but yeah I, i'm just used to gambit having that so to me it was like oh the powers i don't know why he wears a glove but he wears a glove i've also wondered like he's so in tune with his abilities that he can charge using his thumb and his index finger without blowing up the glove because it's his touch. So mm-hmm. he's like channeling it specifically through two fingers instead of his whole hand. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know. But everybody random, else? Random thoughts <laughs> of someone who was obsessed with Gambit in high school and middle school. And now? Mm, less now. Oh, after you read this. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. And one more thing with women. So Condra is this immortal telekinetic, or mostly immortal, and she gets taken down by Julian when he starts choking her, and Gambit has to come in and save her. What is he? No. <laughs> maybe that she was a ruse. <laughs> maybe, maybe she was just doing that so that Gambit would feel like the hero and stay with her. There are multiple things that occur within these four issues that I have no rational explanation for. <laughs> you were okay. trying, though. I was. I was trying to pull out the good, and apparently that was it very was difficult. <laughs> You're pulling out concepts that should have been used that were not used at all. Concepts that were very mildly inside of it, <laughs> that had they been expanded upon, this would have possibly been a classic Issue four, Julian is waiting for Pierre to bring him one of the elixir vials. Gambit confronts him, takes Julian's vial, and then as Julian begs for it, he removes his mask. At this moment, Gambit learns that the elixir has potential terrible side effects because Julian looks insane and has become a junkie for more elixir. Did you guys think he looked all that different? I don't know what he looked like before. I don't really look at him and be like, oh my God, the elixir is so terrible. So this was a big reveal for me because I thought that, I didn't realize he was wearing a costume. Like I thought that's how his body. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. It's <laughs> like a Scooby Doo like episode. A little demon guy. He ripped off his face, <laughs> yeah. and he's even uglier. 
he had some male pattern baldness going on, but that was, you know. Yeah, that was like it. he needed to brush his teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't look as zombified as I would have expected. But. So Gambit confronts his father for knowing about this side effect all along, at which point the Tithe Collector arrives with the assassins and thieves ready to kill Gambit for stealing the elixir from Kandra. Gambit sneaks away, battling a few as he works his way across town back to where Belladonna is. He arrives to find the Tithe Collector has both Rogue and Belladonna. Uh, Gambit charges up the collector's coat and shoves him out a window. Afterwards, Julian pops in, and this time he has a rapier and stabs through both the vial of the elixir and Gambit's hand. Gambit quickly defeats him after that, and afterwards, Julian attempts to attack Gambit from behind, only to get shot by arrows from his father, Marius. I guess that's a trend for the assassins. Then Kandra shows up. She tries to get the assassins to kill Gambit, but Marius interjects. He says she's controlled them for too long. And they are done following her. She vanishes. Then Gambit takes a rag that has a little bit of the elixir and drops it on Belladonna's lips. She returns to the living, but she has lost her memory. Later, Gambit tries to get Rogue to hit the town with him, but she says she can't and flies away from him. Hit which, the town? Yeah. Is that what they called it back in your day? I, don't know. I thought that's what he said. Wow. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah. Hit the town. Um, yeah. So a lot of this we've we've kind of already covered as far as the issues or problems that arise throughout it was just more of the same problems sword fights and lack of motivation and gambit fighting with with weapons instead of cards there was one thing i liked well oh okay i found something let's talk about that (laughs) i like the one line where gambit tells them that um thieves and assassins are looking a lot alike in the dark nowadays I like that line. That was that's that what was you pulled out of the whole thing. <laughs> like I said, I like some of the creativity behind the use of his powers when he used them. And and as we're we're talking about this, I'm thinking about all these possibilities that could have really turned this into a, an instant classic. Instead of having all of these battles, Gambit is a freaking thief. He's supposedly the best thief in the world and was part of the Thieves' Guild. So showing him actually steal from the thieves could have made a compelling issue. Instead, we get Gambit perched on the top of a church, Daredevil style, for no reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't drawn by the same people who do Daredevil, right? No. Because the lighting reminded me a lot of Man Without Fear. Did it? I, I, like, I didn't like the art as well, but the general lighting makes me think of it. No, this was, this was not the same. I don't know. I don't know that it was. I'd have to look on the inker, but as far as the penciler, it was not the same. Yeah, I guess it would have been more of the colorist. Than yeah. Anyways. So I would have to check. I don't. I don't remember who the colorist was on uh, Man Without Fear. So maybe. I mean, it it seemed odd in spots, like the blue eyes. Yeah. So all right, thoughts on the final issue. Thank God it was over. <laughs> <laughs> what are Rogue's powers right now? Has she done the whole Captain Marvel thing yet? Yes. Yes. Then how the heck did Tithe Collector overpower (laughs) her? That's what I don't understand. So, okay. Captain Marvel has gradually grown more powerful throughout the years. Rogue can freaking fly. This dude has been taken down three times (laughs) by people with bow and arrows. Yes. That was was a problem I also had with it. I'm going to pretend... That she was just asleep, and that's all it was. He picked her up, and she was just already asleep. And she's a heavy sleeper. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fine. I, I don't know, Liz. Like, that was another issue. I, you and I talked about an Infinity Crusade when Hercules knocked her out in one punch. I thought that was stupid. I think the decision to have the Tithe Collector defeat her when he lost to, like, five assassins 
in the earlier issues and struggled but, with Gambit on his own. Well, yeah, I mean, he had that whole explanation. Oh, I was supposed to lose to the five guys, but I'm not really that big of a wimp. Yeah. And then he lost immediately yeah, again. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right, this whole last scene is super creepy. Like, not only does he put the elixir in his in her mouth, he bleeds into her mouth. He's a vampire. He's a. There were some weird vampire vibes going on through this whole thing. When she wakes up, Belladonna, she jumps up and the sheet falls off the back, and her dad's sitting there, and he's got exactly the face you would have when your grown daughter <laughs> oh see her bare butt. <laughs> like with a big grin and on his face yeah, no, he's got like shock lines and he's saying something like oh thank god my daughter's alive but no really he's thinking is oh my god i just saw my daughter's naked ass and you know being a daddy be like cover yourself up god damn it <laughs> and also can we all agree that the word daddy has been ruined yeah, yeah. it says it multiple times and i cringed Every time. <laughs> if you are an adult, you should not use the word daddy, even yeah. if I, it is your father. I don't, yeah, I don't remember him saying that. Well, yeah, no, he says yeah, it multiple like, times. I, several times, yeah. Um, wow. I'm so glad Rogue ran away at the end, though. Like, I'm sure she ran away because she's all freaked out with her powers and have pretty much never been touched by a man before. Uh, but <laughs> they are leaning in and it's drawn like they're going to kiss. And then he, like, whispers into his, her mouth, like, <laughs> a part of me will always love Belladonna. You know, that's what really gets me going when a man whispers into my mouth that he'll always love someone else. Okay, so maybe that was strategic. <laughs> she has uh, siphoned the memories from Belladonna. And when that happened with Captain Marvel, she maintained a, a core part of Captain Marvel's consciousness. Or subconsciousness. So maybe he's appealing to that aspect of Rogue. Like, I don't know which one I need to talk to right now. Do I talk to Rogue? Do I talk to Belladonna? So I'm just going to throw them both out there. Gambit was busy making an elixir when she <laughs> confessed all this. He was not paying attention. He has no clue what has happened. Yeah, just... Yeah, it's so similar to Spider-Man and MJ. And it's such a cop-out that Belladonna wakes up with no memory because then he doesn't have to choose between Rogue and Belladonna. (laughs) It's just, oh, great. My (laughs) wife doesn't remember me, so it's totally cool that I move on to my girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know that that's how it should work, but that's that's how it's working here. Mm -hmm. And the way he just bounces, that's what kills me, the way he bounces back and forth, and it's like, none of these women care. It's like, really? It's because he's so sexy, man. Not, okay. Would you call it handsome powers? I think that was in our first episode. Uh, it's his STD eyes. It's it's messing everybody up. That's what's going on. Was it was it Matt that called it handsome powers? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think you said it, and then Matt backed you up. Oh well, whatever. Yeah. I'll take credit. I said it. Just don't listen to the previous episodes <laughs> to find out who said it for sure. But is that like a legit thing? Like, does he have like some sort of like? manipulation eyes like that's a, a, a trope in like vampire stuff uh, I don't know that it's about the eyes it's about a mutant ability to charm and I don't know if they stuck with that or not there was uh, some talk of them doing that years ago but I, I honestly didn't pay attention to whether or not they maintain that powers are an interesting thing in comic books they tend to evolve or change depending on who's writing it and so sometimes you just kind of have to suspend belief and I really like that 
when he gets mad that Rogue ran away, that he heats up their wedding plate, reminding us that this took place in a time that when you got married, you, you printed your wedding photo <laughs> on a plate. <laughs> Just keep that in mind, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. As if we didn't feel old enough already. Yeah. Wait, do the, you have a wedding picture on a plate, Brian? No. Okay. No, <laughs> but say, the fact is, not that old. I, I had these comics when they came out. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was meaning. Were you even born when this came out? What was this, 93? Yeah. What month was it? It was December. Oh, Dear God. <laughs> it was December, so I guess if you yes, were born I in 93. Yes, I was born. Okay, so you were very young. I was very young. Very, very young. I was nine. Um, so yeah, that makes sense why I would have enjoyed it at mm. nine. Yeah, I was nine. Let's, I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do you have any closing thoughts I, on this one? Like you said, we need like just a couple little things, like very, very little things that was kind of cool. They've already been explained, so I'm pretty much out of everything. <laughs> You've just, already voiced all your complaints, and I, the three good things have been talked about. Yeah, and I just, yeah, like the whole bouncing around. It's I just, I even I had to look this up. I was like, how many episodes did they actually come out with, or issues did they actually come out with this? What do you mean? I mean, issues. They actually went past these four. Oh, this was a, it they, was a mini series. Yeah, yeah. Thank God, it wasn't yeah. many enough. I think it said twenty five, and then they're like, and then there's ones with Gambit and somebody else. And Gambit, I'm like, why, why? Because yeah, this so went the, so well. Yeah, it was more of Gambit was very popular from the TV show. Yeah, so they I, kept trying to cash in on that, and they couldn't find a good story. <laughs> as so far they wrote as this very kid friendly thing yeah, that'll exactly. appeal so they, to the children watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they, they wrote, wrote this one and it apparently didn't do very well for various reasons. And then the next one, I don't remember, it was years later that they came out with another one. Um, was it 99 maybe, I think? I think, yeah, 99 or 98 it's And then there was like a 2000 or a 2001 and neither of those lasted very long. There was one not too long ago, I want to say like 2012, that had like a dozen or so issues. And that one, I guess, was very well written or compared to this stuff was well written but I never read it <laughs> I always felt like people kept screwing up Gambit and Solo Series so it didn't make sense to could you imagine Channing Tatum in this role Lauren oh, he didn't, yeah he, he's trying really hard to become uh, the Gambit and hmm. whatever yes. they which one's he again Channing Tatum yeah 21 uh, Jump Street yeah oh, okay. he's uh, a big Gambit fan and Lauren Schuler or O'Donnell Donner I can't remember her last name she uh, was Part of the F- Fox Studios, she was highly pushing for Gambit to, or Channing Tatum to play Gambit in a solo movie, hmm. and I don't see it whatsoever. Especially reading this, I can't imagine Channing Tatum running around with a, a sword like that, <laughs> or the gloves, or the cool the cool gloves. Hmm. What so. did you think about Gambit being the legend at the end? I honestly don't even remember the very. By then, I'm just like you didn't actually read the last couple slides. God, yeah, I'm done, Brian. I read it all. (laughs) It's like me and cardiac and chance. So it's hard for me to fairly view this entire thing because I did read it as a kid, and it was Gambit. So there are parts of it that I'm parts of it I look back on with nostalgia, and I don't remember that part at all. So. (laughs) <laughs> apparently it didn't hit me very much mm-hmm. as a nine and ten year old kid but i i don't know if the tithe collector had been a bigger part of it i think it would have been a cool twist like a cool ending for it but the tithe collector doesn't do anything of merit no he was no. a joke so it's totally stupid that anybody's afraid of him and then i don't know so 
like I said, if the Tithe Collector had been a bigger part, I probably would have been really into that idea of him becoming the new legend. Or if Gambit had actually been really good about stealing things and the legend became more about thievery than violence. Yeah, I mean, and what was stealing the, women. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, what was he the legend of? I mean, really? I mean, what, the streets like, in New Orleans. This is four episodes of pretty much nothing really happening. Most of it happened in yeah. France. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's the a good only point. thing. Yeah, so why did it matter in France? Before we uh, get to ratings, so our rating system goes like this, one to three, ban it from Marvel Comics, four to seven, borrow it from the library, check it out, read it, eight to ten, uh, buy it, own it, add it to your collection, put it in your long box, all that good stuff. Where do you fall on this one, Liz? <laughs> Gonna give it a three. <laughs> so you say ban it, okay. Yeah, I mean, just... Just don't read it, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Adam? I think like a 3.1. So if somebody could just, you know, the five minutes of actual story that was actually in any of this, they could just tell you real quick, hey, there's thieves, there's assassins. Yeah, there you that, go. That's, that's the important piece. <laughs> so we get Gambit's brother. We get a little bit of Gambit's history uh, being orphaned and raised by Jean-Luc. And uh, how he was part of this um, I'm group you. of thieves. What's it? <laughs> I said, I'm timing you. Yeah. See how long it takes. Yeah. I'm trying very hard to justify um, a more than a four. Uh, I think if you're a fan of Gambit, you need to read this because there is a little bit about his history in it. And if you stay a fan of Gambit afterwards, <laughs> exactly. good work. Being a huge fan of Gambit and the nostalgia piece, I would land on a five. I don't think it's the most horrendous thing that we've read on this show. I think that was the the most recent Avengers episode when we covered, I don't even remember the issues now. They were, they were that bad. Uh, I think it was 370 to 372. And 370 and 371 are horrible. Like, they are bottom-of-the-barrel Marvel comics that I've ever read. It's not that bad. There are uh, three redeeming things in this one. There were none in that. So I think <laughs> So I think based on the way that I rated that one, I have to land at a five on this one. Uh, we do occasionally get a second opinion piece. This is one of those instances. Mariana, who uh, on Instagram you can find her um, under rogue underscore gambit underscore X-Men. Um, she felt very differently than us. She thought Gambit's personality was on point and the story was gripping. Uh, she was a big fan of the um, this idea for his first solo. She enjoyed the art, even for herself, who she doesn't normally notice the art. Uh, regarding Rominess, so Rami is their ship name, Rogan Gambit, because his name's Remy, in case you know. Uh, she likes that this is the first time Rogue says she loves him and that has feelings for him, but the story doesn't revolve around her. Uh, Mariana wasn't thrilled about seeing him with Belladonna, but it was believable for him at the time. She loved that Rogue was there having his back the whole time, but one difficult uh, scene was when Rogue and Belladonna touched. Rogue sees her memories of him and what you guys were kind of talking about. Uh, quote, the soft caress of his skin sets her own afire. So she says that one hurt. And seeing Gambit in his natural habitat is great. Uh, thank you, Mariana, for providing us with a second opinion. If you'd like to be a part of an upcoming second opinion, please visit our website, marvelmythos.com for a full list of upcoming episodes. We have it listed all the way through August now. So get in there, check out what we're recording, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at marvel underscore mythos or um, send me an email at marvelmythospodcast at gmail.com to let me know which one you want to be a part of and provide your thoughts. 
And uh, next week, we've got another limited series that we're covering since we have an extra Wednesday this month. It's going to be Marvels. Looking forward to that one, and we'll see you next time. Those are both disgusting. What are you talking about? I'm not a child. <laughs> wow. I eat danishes like an adult. What about you? You like danishes? Sure. I don't want to feel like a non-adult now. I was going to say Captain Crunch, but you know, danishes, yeah. <laughs> Runs in the family. We did talk about Captain Crunch last time. Yep. That was a good combo. That's good stuff. Kroger's, Kroger's version. Yes. Yes, in the big bag. Yes. See? Yeah. They know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows. It's the only cereal I eat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just finished off my kids the other day. They ain't eating yeah. it. Where do you get Danishes? Do you buy them frozen at Kroger's? What? No. I don't you go buy to a bakery like an adult. <laughs> I see them sometimes at the gas station. I'm like, that looks decent. Frozen but it's Danish. Gas, it's gas station food, so. <sighs> it sounds fancy. <laughs> Which one's like the thin pancakes? Which one's that? Yeah, is Pan- that the pancake- pancakes? Pancakes are usually yeah. yeah. What? Totally thought you said grapes. No, not grapes. I was really confused. You have a grape yeah. grape. Yeah, you remember grapes? No, yeah. the flat grapes. Yeah, the flat ones like yeah. raisins. Yeah, <laughs> like a crazy. <laughs> no, those are good. I like those. <laughs> <laughs> those are good things. <laughs> <laughs>